Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 26 of the Colton and Jimmy podcast. I'm your host, Colton Kreska. I'm your host, Jimmy Begley. And we are talking about an interesting topic today. Uh, We're going to be talking about ESG investing. Uh, That stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance Investing. And this is a, I guess you could call it a more, you know, liberal investing uh, strategy, as Jimmy would like to say. Um, But it's just about placing more focus on, you know, more uh, socially responsible aspects of businesses. Jimmy, would you like to add to that? Uh, Yeah, I think it's a really popular movement, especially with the younger crowd. Um, There's different variances of to how you're actually investing. Um, You could be investing in like the companies or maybe you're not investing, but those are the companies you're choosing to buy from because you're not quite an investor yourself. So let's say um, you have two types of soaps that you know body washers that you go to go to purchase you may choose the one that says you know they don't test on animals or that they're sustainably creating that their their product maybe you don't invest in the company but you purchase that product and that is also kind of along the lines of what we're talking about today yeah exactly so what is esg investing well like i said environmental social and governance. So the environmental part, uh, it's kind of self-explanatory. It's an importance on environmental aspects of a company. That could be green initiatives. Uh, The big thing right now is carbon emissions, uh, minimizing pollution. Jimmy, can you explain what what the very popular BlackRock has just decided to do? Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. So BlackRock, one of the largest investment groups we've talked about previously. We've talked about Vanguard, State Street, and BlackRock being the big three investment banks and investment groups. Um, They have recently come out with a statement basically stating that they're going to try to ease away from buying oil and coal companies, basically the fossil fuel companies, and start trying to move more into this ESG type with renewable energies, um, mainly because BlackRock was one of the largest, let me say, uh, villains of the environmental movement. Um, they were one of the larger investors in the uh, fossil fuel industry. And they realized that demand is shifting from fossil fuels to renewables. You can see it in the car, the auto manufacturers. I know Colton, you're a big fan of Tesla. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be considered one of these uh, ESG companies, um, the move to renewable energy. And so they, they're going to try to move towards that as well. Um, they're coming out with their new ESG ETFs. Uh, do you have anything else to add on with that, Colton? Um, yeah, I think the big thing right now is really how serious are they going to be? Because obviously a lot of their ETFs, a lot of their mutual funds have big oil companies in them. So how are they going to, how are they going to completely move away when such large portions of a lot of their ETFs are, you know, big oil companies or, or non-socially uh, responsible companies, you know, so it'll be an interesting thing, whether it was just a, uh, what would you call it, a, a media, a, a stunt, media yeah. smokescreen, so to say. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of companies, Apple, uh, Microsoft just made the pledge to become carbon neutral by 
2050, 2060, I believe. Um, Formula One, the very popular motorsport that's uh, more popular in Europe, but they do race here in America. Formula One as an organization has claimed that they plan to be carbon neutral by 2040. Um, and so like that, again, how are you going to make race cars carbon, carbon neutral? You know, I mean, when you burn through rubber tires, that's creating pollution right there. So again, a lot of these companies are claiming they're going to find ways to, uh, but it'll be interesting to see where they go. But there are a lot of companies that are carbon neutral right now. Um, actually, KPMG, one of the big four, they have been carbon neutral for 13 years now. Um, and so there are companies where they, they have a focus on the environment. Uh, the next part is social. Uh, social is an importance on the stakeholders of the company. Now, an importance, stakeholders are different from stockholders. Stockholders have a legal ownership of the company. Stakeholders are anyone that's involved and affected by the business of the company. So Jimmy, why don't you name a few stakeholders in a company besides stockholders, obviously. Sure. So one of my professors, shout out Professor DeWald, um, he loves to say that the goal of the company or the goal of the organization is to maximize shareholder wealth. And I've always been the one that probably brings it up the most in the class, even though it's not something I enjoy. I don't invest this style personally, but I always bring it up because it's very popular is this ESG type investing. So the S part would be, as Colton said, the stakeholders, and that could be members of the community for which the organization is held. So you could say if um, we'll go with a company like Tesla, wherever their manufacturing plant is, you know, they've got, uh, got one in California now, the members of that community, the people who live in that community are then stakeholders. And not only stakeholders, but where's the headquarters located? Then the town of that becomes stakeholders because people in that town become reliant on the economy that these plants and these headquarters bring to the surrounding areas. Um, so you've got not only people, you've got the environment too, who's considered part of the stakeholder. You've got homeless people, you've got um, basically anybody that the company could really touch and affect. Yeah. In my opinion, it's a bit dramatic, um, but you know, you, the hardest thing about business is that your goal, your whole goal, you don't start a business unless you're a not-for-profit, which in this case you don't, but your whole point of opening and operating this business is to make a profit. And sometimes to do that, you have to maybe not cut corners, but you have to find the cheapest alternative route, whether that be uh, cheap labor, um, lesser quality production materials, um, and somehow you, you, know, you make that. I'm, that's not always true for all cases. You look at like German manufacturing, oftentimes they use high quality engineers and high quality products, and therefore they charge a high quality price. Yeah, exactly. So companies got to kind of balance that. Um, so obviously some of these companies that want to be more socially responsible, they're going to have to, you know, invest in the cost. They're going to have to pay higher cost, which is going to raise the price of their products. That's like, um, products that are made in the USA that get to, you know, market themselves as made in the USA are often higher quality products, but they often are much more expensive. I Bed, Bath, and Beyond for three years, 
some of the nicest cookware sets that we had were made in America cookware sets, but sometimes they would be $150 more than a Chinese made, you know, cookware set. Um, back on the topic of stock, uh, stakeholders, like you said, employees, obviously it's like a, a chain effect there. Employees, the families of those employees re rely on a company. The community relies on the company. Um, for example, I believe it was just Pepsi. Uh, Pepsi is working with the Chicago public schools right now to donate um, meals for Chicago public schools so that the kids can still get meals while they're not, while they're quarantined, while they're at home. So um, there's companies that take socially responsible actions um, to, to help their community. And I think um, another big part of this is you see companies that, um, that like make this claim to become mainly the environmental part. They might be um, carbon neutral or something. Like you said, KPMG. KPMG is a large accounting firm. How much carbon do they actually put out? You could say that it goes into their electricity bill, for, but, um, but are they considering that or is that something that they push off to from the electricity provider? Um, you could say it's the equipment that they use, the computers, um, because there's plastic pieces that go into a, a, a computer and com that's a petroleum ex you know, byproduct. Um, and you see even certain companies that is probably impossible or very improbable that they ever grow carbon neutral. And some of them put out very far dates, which it's like 2050 is still, you know, 30 years away. So it's, it's like, it's not that great of a feat, I don't think. Um, but I think what they do, companies that don't plan to ever maybe, maybe they put out pollutants. So the way that they, and they can't, there's just, they are already so efficient that they cannot bring down their pollution anymore. So what they do is they just donate money or revenue that they make to make sure that those pollutants get caught or that they're in turn cleaning the environment in some other way. I think that's something that a lot of companies don't necessarily go out and say, but that's just something that I notice. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like cost accounting. You know, every company kind of does their own, every company, there's no rules for cost accounting. You know, you, it's right. all internal. How do you calculate your own carbon emissions? That's kind of up to interpretation. You know, what do you, what do you say? Well, that's on the part of the electric company or that's right. on part, you know, that's not our part. So, um, and then the, another yeah. one would be Amazon who they recently bought um, was, I don't know if it was electric or um, gas vans, a fleet of gas or electric vans for their deliveries. And you know, that's good. It's, we're, it's a step in the right direction, but uh, electric, you're still having to mine the lithium out of the earth. You're still having to, put in plastic parts that are still petroleum products so that you're still going to need the oil and you're still going to need natural gas is still, you're going to have to still just, it's just as bad as, you know, it, it's cleaner than oil, but you're still getting it out of the earth the same exact way. And then coming back to an even earlier point, Colton, about you said how BlackRock and these other companies plan to get out of this, uh, the oil industry. I think right now with such low prices with the uh, trade war between Russia and Saudi Arabia and just generally the COVID-19, less of a demand and higher of a supply causing price to go real low. It's causing, you know, petroleum companies to, their stock values are just plummeting. I think this is kind of really a movement where I don't see demand, maybe in the short term, I see it increasing after this virus passes, but I don't see it 
ever increasing to levels that we've ever seen it. And that's just because of the move towards renewable energy. And so I think it will be just easier because I think we'll see less and less returns out of these petroleum companies. Definitely. And so moving on from, from the social aspect there, um, is the corporate governance side of the ESG investing. And corporate governance, again, they all kind of three intertwine with each other. So we've kind of hit on a little bit of it, but it's really how, how companies govern themselves. Uh, do, they, do they engage in shady business practices? Uh, do they, uh, I was just watching the Netflix series, Dirty Money. The very first episode talks about the Volkswagen clean diesel scandal where they built a device that at low speeds like when they would test for for carbon emission uh it would produce low emission and then once you got up to a speed that sensor turned off and it was just unloading a whole lot of carbon into the or uh not carbon uh the other stuff that diesel engine makes i can't think of it right now uh, but it was just pouring all of this toxic chemicals into the environment. Um, another one would be Wells Fargo. Jimmy, we were also talking about this. Wells Fargo uh, had a scandal where every bank customer that they had, they were opening two to three extra bank accounts that they didn't need just so they could falsify their records. Um, you know, stuff like that, these, these moves that some companies make, that would be a sign of poor corporate governance. Um, ex executive pay, uh, Elon Musk makes like $500 million a year. Uh, some people you know, would look at that and go, that's very poor corporate governance. Um, again, this is all kind of up to, but you know, why does the CEO of a company need to make 500 million when Tesla could be struggling from a cash perspective of things, you know, where you could be investing that money back into your company as opposed to taking it 500 million a year at a time. So corporate governments is again, another aspect that people look at. Um, and so another big one would be, um, and this recently was a, a snag on the recent stimulus bill passed due to the COVID-19 virus was uh, diversity in the executive board. A lot of people want to see, they want to see that the board is not um, full of old white men. And so this actually was trying to actually pass during the last stimulus bill. This was, uh, snag was on the bill to uh, include a clause in the bill to basically make larger companies, uh, <laughs> those receiving maybe uh, a bailout from the government to make sure that their boards were more diverse to include more of the stakeholders' um, interests into the company. Um, it ended up not being passed. However, it's something that's been brought up time and time again. And I think it really it shouldn't need to be a law because really it should be um, up to the company to, I think, choose their executive board. But more importantly, it should be the company to make that decision to show stockholders and stakeholders who is on their board it shouldn't be a law because, you know, you can have just as you can have a shady person who's, you know, a multinational um, woman. You can have, you know, it doesn't matter really who you find. Um, I don't think a law will stop that issue, but I definitely see the reason behind it. Definitely. Um, that's, that's from, you know, top management all the way down. Yeah. And that kind of gets into some of that 
uh, affirmative action debate and such, which is a whole, obviously that that's, you know, in the same realm there. Um, but Jimmy, can you tell me a little bit about how, how you can do ESG investing? Sure. So there's multiple ways I mentioned earlier about maybe you don't invest, but you're purchasing the products that these companies are considered these, you know, environmentally friendly, socially responsible and governmental, generally good governmental practices. Um, but the other way you can do this is by actually investing your money, whether it be um, buying, you know, these bonds of these companies, corporate debt, or uh, stocks of these companies. However, there's one more really big one that's just, it's everywhere nowadays. And Colton, what is that one? Uh, ETFs. I yep. love ETFs. Yeah. So ETFs, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of ETFs that focus on ESG. Um, you know, if you just look up a list of ESG that a lot of people look at are indexes. Obviously, you know, you've got the majors, the S&P 500, the Dow Jones, um, and the NASDAQ indexes, but they also have indexes for other things. So there's like a fossil free reserves uh, index, which is companies that don't use fossil fuels. Uh, you've also got an index like, uh, you've got an index that keeps track of the best companies that hire females. So it's like the best companies for females to work at where like females are in the executive board. There's a CEO of the company. You can find an index for that. You can find an index for companies that have Catholic values. Uh, there is indexes for all of these things. Would you, would, did you know that, Jimmy? I, I did actually. And there's, you know, there's tons more. You can go, the list goes on and on. Oh, the you know, list goes on. It's, it's crazy. Uh, energy companies that are, that are focused on solar, wind, battery, hydroelectric. Um, there's just so many. Um, you, know, you know what? A lot of them could be, you know, they've got healthcare companies, you've got um, just socially you know, responsible companies. Um, just, there's just so many nowadays. And so that's why I think they're being pulled into ETFs because it's just, sometimes it's easier because once, you know, maybe this company says that they're environmentally friendly and then some bad publicity comes out and they've been actually, you know, they're just, once again, it goes back to that cost accounting that, you know, they're actually lying. They're, uh, they're not as carbon neutral as they say, or they're way off on their estimate. Um, and then, then your stock might plummet or, you know, uh, one thing I do think we see out of this ESG investing is I don't think we're seeing the same returns we do on normal investing. Um, but that may change as we, especially as I said, how, the demand for oil is shrinking, I think, in my opinion, and we see these oil companies eventually, I don't think they're going to ever disappear, but we do, we'll see them maybe, their profit margins be. Uh, well, and I definitely think we'll see a lot of oil companies here that start to struggle that turn to more renewable energy sources just because they're going to realize that the demand's going away. And obviously, you know, newer generations here are going to be pushing for these companies. So they might have no choice but to switch from an oil company to uh, a renewable energy company. So, and it's definitely to pick a, a, an index, an ETF, a mutual fund, it's going to be less risky. Uh, like you said, there could be a company lying about how sustainable they really are. Um, and so definitely, I think there's going to be a lot of changes 
Um, and you know what? If, if anything about ESG, like you said, companies are going to, you're not going to see high returns because companies have to pay more for these sustainable practices, you know, because obviously like Starbucks, Starbucks is switching their cups to be biodegradable. Those cups are going to cost more than a regular plastic cup that takes one cent, two cents to produce. But they're going to get more people coming to Starbucks saying, I'm going to make a socially responsible choice. Um, and so if anything else, it's going to get younger generations to invest their money because they're going to say, oh, I can put my money behind a company that I believe in. Um, and so if that's, if, if there's one major takeaway from ESG, you might that's see what I do. If that Starbucks option, you could say, you know, I might choose Starbucks over Dunkin' because of that reason. Um, however, you might see Dunkin' end up realizing that they're missing out on profits and they do the same thing to, you know, even the score out. And then you see that the company that they're buying their cups from, since both companies might be buying the same biodegradable cups from this company, the company is able to reinvest revenue it's making to make the cups end up being just as cheap as the regular plastic ones. And that cost may never actually, they might only be a short-term rise. Exactly. And so it's like, you know, the demand for, for ESG investing, the demand for a push to sustainability is going gonna, is gonna to cause change that, like you said, might actually cause costs to come down because the the progress is being so great so anyways we hope you took some away from episode 26 this concludes this episode of the colton and jimmy podcast we thank you for listening and as always you can find us on instagram at colton and jimmy podcasting and as well as on facebook at colton and jimmy podcast please message us with please message us with suggestions for what you want to hear in the show if you haven't already, go watch all our previous episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have a good one. Legal disclaimer, all content included in this podcast and on our social media accounts is information of a general nature and does not constitute professional and or financial advice, nor does any information on the podcast constitute a comprehensive or complete statement of the matters discussed or the law relating thereto. As a viewer, we advise you should conduct your own due diligence by consulting a financial advisor before making any final decisions.